All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Looking back at a three and O football team, and hey, Bud, here's to not having your dreams kicked in in September. Quite the opposite, in fact. So, going to be a lot of fun tonight to talk about a team that has uh, won three games, won two very challenging games, and uh, we'll try to be honest on our assessment, give you the good, give you the concerning, uh, but all in all. 3-0 is a hell of a way to start a season, and uh, again, it's just great to get through the month of September without having all your dreams dashed. So with that, uh, we'll thank our friends out in Napa Valley, Tarpon Sellers. Bud's got the hat on. They're going through Harvest currently and going to get out uh sampler set to us, Bud. Looking forward to that. And Wait, to us? Because Mag 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 Maggie's going to have an issue with this. She she thinks that now that she's not pregnant, she is owed... Uh... She's owed a couple solo shipments. We're, we're, we're going to have to talk about this. Well, well, I'll talk with Maggie about it. She's on the quarterly plan moving forward, so I All think right. she'll be good with time. And uh, have you gotten a chance to to use the Louisiana Hot Sauce bourbon-infused edition that I sent down to you? I have not, but I'm, I'm waiting to do some smoked wings this weekend. I, I feel yeah. like like the, the bourbon-infused Louisiana Hot Sauce with smoked wings is just – I mean, come on. That, that's got to be delicious, right? Yeah. I, I, I got the uh, – so we'll get into Noel's talk. We're just going to let this chat load up a little bit more. Want, want to get more, a couple more people. If you guys are in this thing, make sure you hit like on the video and subscribe and notification gang checking in. So I have the uh, the Kamado Joe, which I am just limping along, man. You figure like I, I should buy, buy a new one of these, but I've, I've had this thing for, shoot, since we had the the house on on, uh, on come. Uh, probably nine years. I put a couple new gaskets on there, you know, we're, replaced all the bolts and whatnot still still limping that thing along bottom is probably about to, about to fall out even you know it's uh it's ceramic and i got one of those nice uh, louisiana grills the, the 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 pellet vertical smokers but if you live in florida uh, those pellets can go and just explode not oh. like not like in a, in a violent fashion but if you leave any pellets in the hopper with the amount of moisture in florida uh, they can right and it, it the auger just gets totally stuck. So I need one of my buddies in Orlando to come. I, it's kind of a two-man job right now, like if I want to do it fast enough. Uh, so need to get that knocked out maybe maybe Friday, and then I have the thing up and running, make some smoked wings, and enjoy some awesome bourbon barrel-aged Louisiana hot sauce infused. I'm, I'm pretty excited. We're not a Kamado Joe podcast, but I'll tell you, I have mine that I bought about two years ago, and it's one of the better purchases I've made. I've got the the giant or the big Joe, and uh, yes, it's brilliant. It's a great, great. If Kamado Joe wants to sponsor us, we'll we talk. will accept that. We will talk. Yes. Yeah. Get to us first before Big Green Egg. That's just right up the road. But uh, nonetheless, that's right. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to talking here. All right. So you were at the game. I, I, I want the report about the atmosphere, how it went. What, what was like? What's it like to go to a Louisville game? What, what's it like to be an FSU fan at a Louisville game? <clears throat> I will tell you that that's the most fun I've ever had at an away game. Uh, both just uh, not that's not a that's not a compliment to Louisville, by the way. That's just, okay. All right. uh, just going up there. Uh, I'm not trying to take shots at Louisville. In fact, um, Mark Innes very much talked about this in the preview. When you go up there, it's the first time I've been there. You get a feel for exactly how much ground they've made up in a fairly small amount of time. I mean, that, that's a program with relatively shallow roots. I'll put it that way. Uh, I'll give them credit. They've done a great job with their paint scheme in the stadium that it looks a lot fuller than it is. Uh, maybe like 
the people in the Champions Club could learn something from that that I've said for five years now. It doesn't make any sense why we painted those seats gold, but nonetheless, um, it was an incredible time. I mean, it was a game that uh, I walked by Matt Thompson at halftime. It was a five-word exchange, but he said, we are six letters that ended in ED. And I said, yeah, probably. <laughs> destined. We're destined? We're, yeah, destined. <laughs> at seven. Okay. And I said, yeah, probably. We probably are. And then we both went our separate ways. Uh, but it was a hell of an emotional swing. Uh, I've never met as many Nolcast listeners at, uh, at a, a game before. That was incredible. A lot of fun. Great experience. So. Fantastic, man. We uh, we we were hoping maybe for the the second instant reaction from from the PJ. Uh, I don't know how the Wi-Fi was on on, on the jet, but uh, well, I have I have weaponized the instant reaction, y'all. I will only tell you that when I don't see it immediately, I text Bud, being like, "Hey, I'll do one. I'll do another one if we don't get it up quickly." And Bud's response is normally, "Please don't, please don't. I'm working on it right now." So uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I had a chance to watch the all twenty-two on this. Um, I when this is healthy, this is a pretty good football team, man. Um, Jordan is playing at a really high level right now. I, I if you had told me they would they were coming out chucking the ball, I would have probably been a little disappointed. But he was super effective doing so. I think Louisville expected FSU to come out running, which hey, like Syracuse ran all over him. UCF for the most part, until they really overcommitted to it, ran all over them. FSU, I think, anticipated that Louisville thought they were going to try to run the ball quite a bit. And FSU came out throwing, and it, it really worked. I, I, he's just playing like a grown man. Sometimes you see this. I, I actually I saw this with Sean Clifford on Saturday, right? People are like, why, why don't they play Drew Allard, the, the, the Penn State backup? And I'm, I promise it won't be a lot of Penn State talk. But Clifford gets up there. He's got like 12 or 11 seconds left on the play clock. Decides he's going to change play in Jordan Hare, 95,000 screaming. Goes, gets it all communicated to his receivers, backs, tight ends, line, even points out the guy he thinks blitzing, points over there to, to the slot. Hey, you're you're hot behind him if he comes. Okay, cool. Got it. It's just stuff that if you've played a lot of football, it's a big advantage at the college level. And Jordan has the athleticism, but he also has that experience and knowledge now to where he's going to play pretty damn well and the the LSU game to me is even more impressive than it was before seeing how LSU played against Mississippi State which is a a quality maybe not an amazing offense because they lost Charles Cross who is balling out in the NFL now for the Seahawks as a rookie but having Jordan with the athleticism the improved throwing he's not a great thrower but he's a hell of a lot better than he's ever been through two and a half games with the knowledge and the experience is a real dangerous weapon. It, it, it truly is in this league. And um, I don't know if you see, I'm sure you saw the, there was a photo today, I think of him not in a boot. So that's encouraging. Did you see that? Did you send me that? Somebody sent me that. I did see that photo. I was not time stamped, so I don't know. It's like, not time stamped, but he looked like he had a little loose wrap on it. So I'm, I'm sure yeah, it's accurate. I, it I will say I saw Jordan after the game uh, and he was moving. It was, I was encouraged by what I saw. So he was boot, no crutches, right? Uh, he was boot and he was basically using the crutches in a manner that if I was a trainer, okay. I would have just taken them from him because I'd have been like, <laughs> Look, you're more likely to hurt yourself using a crutch every five step than you like, just give them to me, you know, either use them right. or don't. Um, so he looked fine or he looked okay. Um, he tweeted out good news today. Yeah. yeah. Don't have an official report on his injury. Like, clearly, it's 
I mean, if you just watch the tape, it looks like an ankle, right? I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV, uh, or I guess on YouTube now that we're, we're on YouTube. Uh, but I mean, that's something to where if you tell me he's going to miss less than a month, I would buy it. And when he's slamming his hand on the ground there, I was like, oh, no. This yeah, is, that, that looked, that this looked, is bad. That looked months, not weeks. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's really encouraging. Um, you, know, you have, you have two games coming up here, right? And you, you kind of hope you can get through him if he doesn't play him. I, I would be pretty shocked if he plays against Boston College, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. What, would, would you agree on that? Or like, you yeah. think he's going to, I mean, maybe I he can come back, but I kind of doubt it. Don't actually. think you need him. Uh, now, you got to be careful of how many people you apply logic to. Like, I've done, <laughs> yeah. We've got like four guys right now. They got Marie Smith back. Don't think we need him. Um, a week earlier than we thought. Yeah. We'll see. They still don't I have mean, Winston right back. Uh, Norvell said, you know, most of the reports that you've received today are pretty solid. Uh, I, my, again, not a doctor, just from my initial conversations with people and my observations from being there, I think Verse and uh, Jordan are, are good news and waiting on more information about Robert Scott. So, yeah, that Robert Scott is absolutely the one that I'm most, I'm most worried about just yeah. based on feedback and also just watching the, mm-hmm. the game. Like, I'm not going to give away anything to Boston College, but like, I'm sure Boston College. They have the TV copy. They, I mean, they, they, they can also watch all the angles and I'm sure they, that they see what we see. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, per the death chart, no one is hurt. Yeah. I'm not really sure FSU updated the death chart at all. So mm, it's not really a, a thing. <laughs> I, I thought that yeah. was awesome. Personally, <laughs> I just, yeah, throw it out there. Uh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. Your thoughts on Rodemaker. I mean, uh, the first throw is is one of the uh, another entry or not the first throw, but the first pick is another entry into the Tate Rotomaker, you know, YouTube video that'll make us all cringe in time. But uh, recovered well. Thought he um, again. I didn't play football in college. I don't try to talk like I was some great athlete or something like that. But I did play the game. And sometimes you just got to get smacked before you fall into a rhythm in a football game. And that's for a quarterback. That's for a linebacker. That's for anything. And that play that he hits, uh, and I don't think this necessarily was first hit, but what was most impressive. And when I was really in person and like, oh, oh, we might have just turned a corner is when he I think it's about a 21 yard gain uh, over the middle. Johnny Wilson gets tackled pretty much in the middle of the logo. Rotomaker knows he's going to hit get hit by at least one or two guys because they're both converging on him stays in, makes the throw. I thought at that moment, well, this is different than anything I've ever seen, and that's a very positive sign. Uh, it was cool, man. It was, it was. I mean, with each throw in person, and I'm sure on TV, we were all like, yeah, just please let this be good Tate one more time. Uh, but it was a impressive progression. really was. Incredible. Incredible. 100%. I, I, so I thought FSU did some things to really help him out, right? Like, they ran a lot of, I'm going to call them high school-ish, but like high schools run these now. If you look at Tate, entering this game, he had a 13% turnover-worthy pass rate in his career. That's per PFF. Now, look, that's not a huge sample set. I, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to tell you like, yeah, that, that's that's what he is. But if you watch him, so far in his career, he has not shown the ability to read a defense worth a damn. Okay? It is not 
like he does not process multi levels of defense, multiple receivers. He doesn't really go through progressions. He just doesn't seem to get that yet. And I think in the first, like that last bit of the second quarter when he had to come in, they were just running not just some stuff, but they were just kind of running their normal offense. And I do think that in the second half, FSU was like, hey, Jordan is not coming back in this game. We have got to find a couple things that we think he can do. Uh, what does he do well? Okay, he does have some decent zip on the ball. I don't really see it when people are like, oh, this guy's got like the best arm in the ACC. And I, I, I think he makes some nice throws, okay? He's not a good athlete, but he's not like Trent Dilfer level uh, statue. I mean, he's, you don't want to use him on any design runs, but he could scramble a little bit if you totally forget to cover him. I think you but may I be underselling him a little bit there. Okay. He's, he's pretty right. athletic. Pretty moves well. He had a nice scramble there. That was that was impressive. Um, and so what they did, like they leaned on the RPO stuff, right? Like I, I talked about this in the instant. It's it just, you see it like he throws 10 passes in this game. I think six of them are that little glance route RPO mm -hmm. guys. All he's doing on that play is reading one dude. Okay. It's not, here's past concepts to both sides. Like, okay. Just quick explainer on like what, what Jimbo stuff was. And this is why I think it's, it's hard to run sometimes. One side, you usually got a man beater. The other side, you got a zone beater, right? You get up to the line of scrimmage, and this is not just Jimbo. Like a lot of a lot of offenses are designed like this. You take a decent look at what the defense is doing. You say, "Hey, do we think they're in man? Do we think they're in zone? What side do we like our matchup better on? Personnel obviously factors into that. Down a distance, all, all, all that kind of stuff. You basically pick a side pre-snap based on what you think the defense is going to be in zone or man, and then you work through the progression. Okay, it, it's it's a high-low read depending on what you're running. You you. You may read it in out, out, out to end, depending on, on how that part of the play is designed. But that, those kind of plays are designed for you to get the ball to the guy who is going to come open based on what coverage the defense is running. What FSU did with Tate was there is one target for you on this play. Okay. Your decision is not read a couple of defenders. It's there's a backer or depending on the look, a safety. You're reading one guy. If he comes down against the run, you're going to throw this ball at Johnny Wilson. If he doesn't, you're going to hand this ball to Treshawn Ward or Benson or Toa Philly. That's pretty much it. If it's muddled, eat it mm -hmm. or throw it out of bounds. So FSU's not asking him to read defenses at this point. It's I mean, it's pretty clear. Like they just, I think he maybe had like, well, I mean, when over half of your like half of your pass concepts in, in this game, he had uh a couple, he had a fade ball, he had that little just kind of you know go up and get it ball on the goal line. And that was enough. FSU only ran 10 passes with with Rodemaker, right? Well, I guess they called it eleven because he did have the scramble. Eleven pass plays. Great job by Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins of saying, hey, you know what? This quarterback really can't can't read defenses, you know, but he can throw the ball accurately when he has confidence of where he's going to go with the ball. And I think that's important to note because you're playing to your player's strengths. Is that going to work all the time? No, it's not. If I'm Jeff Hapley, 
if I'm, I forgot who's the D coordinator at Wake. Is it? It's not Wayne. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, if, if I'm the D coordinator at Wake, I'm gonna look at that and say, "All right, this is what they're doing. We're gonna throw a couple different different wrinkles at this to see if this kid can read it read it out better in the pure dropback game. We're gonna have different answers because that." You you've played you've played the emergent like you kind of pulled the emergent thing you broke the glass fire extinguisher okay we're all good <laughs> all right well you may go other parts of the building there's more fire and you hope you don't have to go very much other parts because what you need is Jordan to come back this you can win get you can beat Boston College doing what you did if you run the ball well yeah we'll talk about Wake in a minute you might be able to beat Wake with Rodemaker it's possible w- w- Wake is leaky. Defensively, especially. Yeah, but love love that they have to play Clemson this week too. That's that's uh, good for you. So. Yes, if Jordan happens to be out for more than two games, you are in real trouble when you play Clemson. Yeah. Okay. Like that's a game you could get shut out in with Rodemaker because well, they'll have answers and they don't have to blitz, <clears throat> and they can stop. They, they can probably stop your run game out of too high. So when I talked on the instant about like the floor and the ceiling. It's very important you got this win because if for some reason injuries, if, if, if you run bad injury-wise, I think you still have a really good chance to make a bowl game. And if you get a bunch of guys back quickly, um, you know, then maybe you can win the conference or something like that, right, if, if things break for you, especially with with, you know, with that. But, like, we got to see if Rodemaker can have some more confidence and read defense is a little bit better because throughout his career so far, it's not really been a thing that he's been able to do very well. And I think that's a lot of times where his interceptions come from. He doesn't doesn't have the the confidence in where he's going with it. They they set him up to be confident and deliver a strike, and he's pretty accurate when he knows where he's going with it. Yep. Sorry and, for rambling and, there. Uh, hard for him to have a better instiller of confidence in what transpired on Friday night. So uh, good for that kid. Certainly, many who doubted him, uh, and I'm I'm one of them. Absolutely, uh, had a great response. And uh, just you know, not not something many or any of us could have uh, could have predicted going into halftime. So, yeah, no, I, absolutely not. I, I did not think they were going to play like that. That was that was awesome. Uh, running backs, Trayshawn Ward's a, a really nice college back, man. I mean, he's not somebody's going to go to the combine and blow it away and get drafted highly because the like the, the you know the the forty speed is not there. Yeah, but. In this scheme, for what they want him to do, he is just a first down machine. I'm I'm here for it. He's really really impressive. I, I that was awesome. Benson is is a builder to me. This is an issue. He's a guy that needs like he's a dude who can hit some explosive plays, but he doesn't have that initial quick burst. He's kind of more of a build to it type guy. I think I want to see more. I'm not fully on this take yet, but it's like I wish. I wish you could get going a little bit quicker on some of these, but it's also probably just a confidence and a vision thing. You know, it's confidence and vision thing. I think you can, you you know that it's there. I mean, when the guy decides to make the decision, his burst is second to none. His feet for a guy his size are just ridiculous. Um, I think it's also just a carry thing. You know, I mean, the guy yeah. hadn't getting, gotten many college carries. I think you got to continue to feed him. Uh, but would have loved for, uh, for Mr. Ward to get into the end zone for, reasons that we'll get to later on in the show but um yeah i love love the rotation that you have there and 
you know, Toe Philly is uh, plays his role and certainly had a great run to uh, kind of get the the ball rolling for you. So you got three, you know, really solid options. You want a concerning stat? Please. So I pulled this from, from Sports Info Solutions, and I, I this almost seems so bad that I want to think it's an error. But going back, like there were um, there were realistic or there there were plenty of times when when we did we did see FSU get stopped, right? Running the ball. Sports info has them for 41% of rushes stopped for no gain or a loss. Where were you last year on that number? Do you know by chance? Uh, I know that was one of the uglier stats that you had. So, uh, what just curious. is that? Let me see. Uh, not good podcasting I, I, by I, me to just, I got here. No, no, it's fine. I, just, you, but. I, uh, I got a new computer, so I'm, I'm doing more Excel stuff now. It's, uh, I'll pull, I'll pull this up, uh, vamp for a little bit while I, while I do. Is there any, uh, um, uh, I don't think Benson's running scared. I, I just he's not running super confidently. I, I know Timmy in the chat put that he's running scared. I, he just I, takes I, it takes a, a second for him to get going, uh, yeah. and I think that's something that can <clears throat> get better in time. Uh, big backs do like yeah. like who's a big back that you can remember who was not a builder? To me, it's like Jerome Bettis. That's what made that guy so good is because he actually had good quickness to his game. If you guys remember Jerome Bettis. If you're young, you probably don't. He, he played for uh, Notre Dame and then for the Steelers for you know quite a long time. Won a couple couple Super Bowls, but a lot of these big backs are uh, they take a while. A lot of these big backs, a lot a lot of OGs in the chat tonight. By the way, uh, shout out to uh, to Kate to Chuck, the true uh, Excel master. Absolutely uh, enjoyed your spreadsheets for more than a decade now, sir. So great to see you. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the Ward's just kind of perfect for this offense, too. Uh, you can sit there, be patient, pick up yards when you got it. Uh, that was a a great uh, call on you three years ago or so when we talked about not needing to burn a scholarship at that point when you could get somebody like that at a walk-on level. Um, let's, uh, let's move to tight ends here next. Oh, I found the stat. Word. So last year, uh, FSU – uh, run stuff allowed rate. So that's basically runs that were uh, zero uh, or negative. Um, 18.5%, which was 82nd in the nation. That What they were really bad at was power success rate. So short yardage running. They, remember they, they were dead last? Or no, uh, 130. Yeah, 130 was dead last the, last year because this year we added James Madison to the FBS. There's 131 teams now. Uh, so last year, 18.5%. If that stat's right, and I, I want to go back and check that like just manually because that feels like that can't be right, basically. 40 and a half. It, but there were a lot of runs that were that were stopped for for nothing, sort of in those first and second quarters, and a little bit in third. And then FSU just kind of pushed them over. So that was great. Um all right, receivers. This is why you go out and get Johnny Wilson. This is like the 90th percentile projection. You're hoping that this is what you can get out of this guy. <laughs> Who has always been big? I, I was laughing, like, oh, the scouts are going to find out who this guy is. I'm like, the hell they are. The scouts know who Johnny Wilson is. They want to know can he catch. They've known who Johnny Wilson was since he was a junior in high school, since he was playing for, uh, shoot, same high school as a, uh, as uh, his teammate now and the kid at Alabama now. What? He, which one is that? What, what's the California set on team that wears all green? Um, well, that's a question you're going to have to answer, not me, dog. Uh, uh Proway. 
Like I, I actually saw a good bit of John, like for a guy that lives in Florida, I saw Johnny Wilson a lot in high school. It was just kind of it was, when he came to FSU, it was cool. I was like, man, all right, not totally buying in because I've never seen this kid catch the ball consistently or play big. But look at that, man. He's playing big. That was that's exactly what they want to get out of this guy. It, it Winston Wright is the most proven receiver that you took in the portal. If Johnny Wilson plays anywhere near how he played on Friday night, then he's the best portal guy you got because you, you you unlocked it. Like he's a good athlete for his size. Getting off press has been an issue. Louisville doesn't press worth the damn. So we'll see. Some teams will probably press him. And that's a, that's another challenge he'll face down the line. But he had nine targets on the night, had seven catches and drew two pass interferences. <laughs> that's a pretty good rate, man. Like when you average like twenty yards a target or whatever. Uh, if you include the, the pass interference yards, that doesn't suck. Yeah, man. I will tell you, live, I knew Brownlee had a rough night. I didn't realize it was this bad until I went back on the rewatch. That that yeah. that was a, a tough evening for uh, for the former Florida State player, and certainly Wilson uh, played a large role in that. But uh, Malik McLean, great to see that, man. That's awesome. I mean, we've talked a lot about Malik. Just sometimes development isn't linear and uh, we've we've been honest with you guys haven't heard like whispers he's not doing things that he needs to in in film review or whatever else it's just not you know progression like i said doesn't always follow a, a direct path but uh great for him to make that catch and hopefully that's something that he can build off of uh pokey wilson you know obviously it wasn't uh the lsu game but I think what two or three catches made some nice plays. Yeah, picked up a really significant long uh, first down in the uh, first half of that game. Uh, you got yourself a a much improved wide receiver unit. So uh, credit to transfer work or uh, work done in the portal. It's better than Miami's. Yeah, my man, I'll give you credit on that one. That is a uh, that that's a rough rough looking unit. Miami Miami receiver unders on Prize Picks. <laughs> Good. Like the country might not find out for one more week, but uh, those guys are not good. No, that was just the atmosphere and and Texas A and M defense. So uh, let's let's keep that under wraps for at least one or two more weeks. But uh, uh, tight end play. Um, oh, let's give a shout out to Pittman. Okay, I think I did not catch that many balls, mm-hmm. but he blocked his butt off and made a lot of like small, willing plays, and that is great that you get buy in from him. You know, that was a question coming out of Oregon. How competitive would he be? Would he play hard for you every down? And he's playing his butt off. Like mm-hmm. Norvell deserves a lot of credit for, I want to call these like not misfit toy, you know, ca- they weren't cast offs. Like play- other programs wanted these guys, but they are hitting pretty well in the portal here, I would say, especially considering like who's got hurt, which, you know, like Caden Lyles, it's very foreseeable that he would have injury problems. That's all he ever had at Wisconsin. But, you know, bless Harris, no, right? Winston Wright, no, that's a freak car accident thing they're hitting really well in the portal and they're finding ways to put guys in position to play to their strengths and minimize their weaknesses as as best they can you know and I, i'm i'm pretty impressed yep i had a national guy call me today i think he's probably working on an article uh about florida state maybe being the best program in the portal air so far no that may be a stretch but they've hit and they've hit on high profile guys and when if you, you factor can, in their volume it's probably not that much of a stretch if, they've if, had to take like 30 portal guys yeah yeah and when you factor that they're they don't have the hey come play here for a national championship you know they're, they're not alabama promoting that and um oh boy if you can start to market wide receiver like you can market defensive end uh you may uh, we're going to have a fun conversation in about six weeks, bud, when it comes to how many scholarships Florida State's actually going to offer 
high school kids uh, mm-hmm. because a portal is going to be in play and you, you might do some work that is uh, even, you know, more impressive than that of what you've done so far. So it's going to be fun. Keep winning. You know, it tends to be a little bit more of a fun and uh, interesting experience for all of us. So no doubt about it. Uh, offensive line or no, uh, we believe we have an ad read first. Uh, you know what? I feel like with, uh, with this team, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get people to play hard. And you're going to get guys that are, are putting the best position for them. And that's something you can really count on. What else you can count on is the legendary team, legendary home loans, 844 FSU loan, 844 FSU loan. I've used them twice more than 450 NOLCAST listeners have as well to get their perfect home loan. Shannon and Chad just do a great job. When you, when you call up Shannon, 844 FSU loan, again, that's the number, you get an awesome experience, right? Like getting a loan isn't super fun. But getting the house is or getting your, your refi if you want to do go that route. And uh, they're just dependable, honest dudes, great rate for you, and talk a little ball every time. So let's uh, go to offensive line. Let's go to uh, tight ends before well, we, we skip it for the third time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? I thought they played okay. And this was a game FSU wanted to use a lot of tight ends. Shout out AB in the chat. You guys got to check out X's and Knowles. I thought they did a really nice job over there. Always do a great job. And uh, shout out the OGTN crew, man. Yeah, and brilliant. he is kicking my butt in fantasy baseball this year. Now, I won't mention that my top two players, Harper and, and Beeler, are out. But uh, you know, he, yeah, he, he's he's whipping me pretty bad. They wanted to use more tight ends in this game. Did you notice that? Like they had a lot of too tight stuff early. And they did. I, I think absolutely I think that was intentional. Uh, I do think that was intentional. They did. A- Decent amount of that, uh, if I recall correctly, once Rotomaker came in, just to simplify it a little bit more and uh, give him a little bit more time. Uh, I thought they blocked well. I will say uh, Travis's interception is inexcusable. Like if, if you're a tight end and I realize, uh, you know, 87 is not your traditional tight end, but in that situation, you can't have the quarterbacks hit your hand and you haven't turned your head around. I mean, you just got to got to be a little bit more cognizant of what the situation is and awareness there. But, uh, you know, they're blocking better and that room is, uh, it has improved as a couple other have as well. So agreed. Uh, offensive line. All right. So Jazz and Tarantine deserves quite a bit of credit for playing at an acceptable level in relief of bless Harris in the Superdome. When we watched some of his cutups from South Carolina, as FSU was debating whether to give him a scholarship or not and to take him as one of their last takes in the transfer portal. You could absolutely see why he got benched at South Carolina, right? Uh, his up and down is like the range of outcomes on him from like not only game to game, but from like play to play. Like, He's got a, what, his, what, his EKG is significant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know what to think going forward like he's not a great athlete he is in better shape than he appeared to be just looking at him physically at south carolina i'm not sure he has the best feel for the game i'm sure like you know who's probably dri- like driving himself nuts about this atkins has got got like how, how does atkins sleep at night knowing that you have that potential outcome at tackle mm-hmm. on, on play? Yeah. The, the delta he's got to be like mike there. mike we need to run four tight end sets this week um just just trust me on this so like look i He's not a guy you brought in to start, okay? He's somebody you brought in as as depth. Unfortunately, 
you don't have your top two tackles right now. We don't know when Robert Scott's going to be back. Obviously, Bless Harris is out for the season. Um, your other options are Washington. Right? But by the way, the chat is saying you were you're looking good, man. Have you been hitting the weights? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I think you shave. That, you did shave. I think it's that healthy lifestyle I've been living the last forty five days. That's definitely yes. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trying to act like I'm 24 again, but uh, yeah, I, no, I finally worked off New, the New Orleans, Costa Rica, Alamorada, Nashville, Atlanta combo uh, that that I had in August. That was, man, well, it's been was, a fun was, stretch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, but teams see this now, and I do think they see Turn. He's not a great athlete, and I think he's guessing at times. And they're they're gonna they're gonna try to exploit this. This is going to be something that FSU. Either like he gets bit by a spider or something, or like like superhero type deal here, or Ninja Turtles where he drinks the ooze and just becomes a much better athlete, or they're just going to have to try to scheme around this, which is going to be difficult, right? Because on the other side you have Washington, who, you know, is, is what he is, or Armella if you wanted to run him out there, mm-hmm. which uh, Armella did not handle speed either very well in these camps. He's looks like he's in shape, but I think. He, like if Armella makes the NFL, I think it's more as like a right tackle slash guard type guy. So I, I don't know what the answer is there against the better lines you play. A little bit of an on-site report. I think they came very close to putting Armella in the game at one point. I Just mean, from, they, from they bench had watching him, had him warming up specifically with a trainer. He looked like he was about to go in. Yeah, and uh, you know maybe that was just a kid proving himself like, Hey, maybe Atkins will look over here and see that I'm really ready, ready uh, or what, but it, it looked like there was some intent behind it. So uh, maybe we'll keep an eye on that moving forward. I was pleased with Darius Washington, given like the physical limitations. I think he has like, he, he didn't, he didn't get you killed. He actually made a couple of nice blocks. I was, I was there for that. That was, that was good. At some point you just got to get, uh, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a smart ass or oversimplify this, but like you can't keep losing an offensive lineman a game. I right. mean, no, no, yeah. no is Sherlock. Great comment, Ingram. <laughs> but you, we all realize we've kind of run through our string of offensive line injuries at this point. Anything else? Um, well, we're just look to an extent, it makes going three and oh all the more important. You got to bank as many wins as yes. you can, get it, and realize that uh, I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy, here, but. One of these times you're going to step in a hole in offensive line that you can't recover if you get another injury. Uh, so we're we unfortunately we've been unlucky, wildly unlucky, uh, but we've we've gotten to that point in a manner that is a hell of a lot faster than than I think you could have expected. So I will give them some credit. Uh, Turntine and Manuel late in the game started moving some guys off the ball, mm-hmm. right? And that was that was encouraging. They they switched up some of the stuff they ran a little bit. Uh, and I thought they were just like, look, we, we got to go out and, and just just block these guys straight ahead at times. They ran a little bit of that that zone stuff to the short side, which seemed to work pretty well. It's nice to have Trayshawn making sure he reads it and hits the hole correctly. So that was good. Um, if you have Tate in there, I don't need to see more than about six or seven drop back passes per game. It needs to be running, play action, or RPO, which by the way, RPO is not quarterback run or quarterback handed off. RPO is literally run or pass. Like you're you're making a handoff or throw decision. Okay. That that's that's what that is. So like don't chat. I know the chat always talks, oh, our RPO doesn't work. Like, guys, RPO is not zone read. That's different. That's why we call that zone read. Or, you know, 
veer or, or you know inverted if you, whatever you want to call it depending on what you're running what they're doing with Rodemaker he's either he's making a choice to hand it off or pull it and throw it to Wilson or pull it and throw it to the other Wilson or Pittman um so yeah that's uh good job moving Louisville off the ball in the second half you will need to do that to Boston College this weekend you will need to do that to wake next weekend or the weekend after that you will not be able to do that to Clemson. So you need Jordan to come back for the Clemson game. And you're going to need this defense to play hell of a lot better than it's been playing, which I guess at this point is we need to we need to go to the defense because I I was disgusted upon rewatch, man. This is Yeah. It's it's tough. There's some things that uh I was disappointed from a from a scheme perspective. I also think that a couple guys just had tough nights tackling and to an extent you got to tip your hat to the quarterback um and, he's quick. You know, he's a real good player. And in the first half, he was unconsciously good. Um, I, I think to an extent, he just kind of ran himself, you know, emptied his gas tank uh, by how much he was running. And I'll have to go back and look at it. I really thought he was a different player after he hit that 65-yard run where he just puts his foot in the ground and a couple guys overrun, and all of a sudden he's, you know, in the open field. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about the defense and, and what we could take away from it. So – does this de- I don't know what to this defense does not look well coordinated to me on a consistent basis. It's better than it was last year, certainly. I think they get okay buy-in, but I just don't, especially the secondary man. I'm like I don't know. And then up front, this was compound. Like uh, I don't know. Do, how do I say this in the correct way? I don't think you get the level of recruiting from some spots on this staff that justifies the quality of coaching you're seeing. Is that a good way to put that? Like it's it's kind of, there's kind of a matrix. If you're a head coach, evaluating a coach, right? It's coaching and recruiting. If you're not that good at coaching, better be better at recruiting. Otherwise you gotta go like that. Right. I North Carolina puts up with it because their DB coach is an amazing recruiter. Granted, like they're giving up like a million yards a game. I I have some questions there. Like it, Mike's doing a great job of this program right now, especially given the injuries and some of the limitations. But long term, he's got to be thinking. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'm not trying to take your point here. This is something you mentioned to me earlier, but I just say that the, your coordination issues are all the more exacerbated when you try to play zone of almost any kind. Yes, and I, I don't understand that. Uh, that's not. We, we are not running super complex stuff. And uh, A.B. and Kev do a great job of breaking this down and certainly watch their content to get, you know, a, a greater feel for it. But um, I, I don't understand why we have such a – it just – when we run zone, it's, it's, it's not where it should be, miles from where it should be, uh, to be honest with you. So and, – and I don't love responding to individual chatters, but, Daniel, I appreciate you uh, – or John – Jeff Collins doesn't need to be anywhere near this program. I don't need to hear him talk about a defensive coordinator or anything else. So, um, yeah, let's get back to Florida State's defense. All right. So, I know Connolly had uh, FSU as having 17 passes defended against zone coverage or playing zone and 13 passes defense playing man. I think that this comes from 
this is also from Sis, which is Sports Info Solutions. I I actually charted this because I was really interested to see what was going on. I have different, uh, you know, I I have different numbers as far as how often they were playing it, but I do think that it, it is telling that they are allowing a sixty four percent success rate when playing zone. That is basically like allowing every single offense that you play when you play zone to be like 2018 Oklahoma or 2008 Oklahoma, 2013 FSU pick like whatever best defense you've ever, or best offense you've ever seen in college football and go with that. Like that mid sixties success rate allowed. You have better athletes than that. Okay. To me, that is on coaching. The inability to play zone that, that successfully basically ever uh, is problematic to me. So they're doing kind of what they did against LSU, which I don't disagree with. Like we said it on the preview show. We said, look, this is going to be limit explosive plays, play red zone roulette. Your offense needs to be able to score 35 plus, And maybe you can limit them to high 20s. Okay. If, if, they, if they run bad. I think I predicted 27-20 because I thought Louisville's offense had honestly looked like crap the first two weeks. UCF did a better job than you did against Louisville, and Syracuse did a much better job than you did against Louisville. I thought this defensive coaching effort was terrible, so I'm I'm not here for it. That yeah, I, I will say I was disappointed. I may not be quite as critical as you. I will say that, like, your safeties had way too many tack- missed tackles too. And, again, you got to give credit to Cunningham sometime. Uh, but even if you go back and watch, 27 didn't have a great game tackling at all. And and Robinson didn't have a brilliant one either. Uh, and you know that he's pretty decent at that. So sometimes you just have to say that Louisville's kids made some plays. But if you're going to sit back in as much kind of, you know, too high like that, then when your safeties do come up and get involved, you, you need them to make the tackle. And that didn't happen nearly as many times as it should have. 100% agree. Uh, I will also note, like, we're going to talk about FSU's injuries, and, and they certainly were uh, important and, and detrimental in this game. And I thought the kid that came in for Louisville did an okay job at left tackle. But I will note, like, Louisville lost a pretty fast receiver to Bama and Tyler Harrell uh, in in the offseason through the portal. And they had Wiggins and Amari Huggins-Bruce also go down in this game, and those are their top two receivers. At some point, FSU did have to decide they're going to get out of some of this too high look. And I think they were fortunate that Louisville's receivers got hurt when they did. Otherwise, we could be talking about a hard-fought loss here because Louisville did not make FSU pay deep. Was that the one? Was the one when he was out? But like, they definitely did not repeatedly make you do it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that, to me, was fortunate. Other teams can exploit you more on that if you do have to commit more guys to the run, which clearly, like, look, you just bullied LSU's offensive line. Louisville's offensive line has looked like crap all year, which I thought was weird because going into the year, we thought they were going to be a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Remember? I was like, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's one of the best offensive lines you'll face, given that they were pretty damn good at the end of last year, and then this year they uh, looked okay. Um, Yeah, you got uh, you you basically got a break there and you look look you you would rather have them have their full complement you have jordan travis because jordan travis stays in that game you're scoring 45 and you're not losing right like louisville's not going to stop jordan consistently jordan had like one drive where i think he was a little bit confused and then other than that he was just carving them up so uh 
yeah, I do think those receivers going out when they did helped you quite a bit. You're exactly right. Like this, the tackling in this game uh, was was poor. Um, I do think they underestimated Malik Cunningham's speed just by some of the ang- – and look, you're not going to get him all the time. Some of the angles they took, though, to me, showed that they thought they could get this guy on the ground. And they were kind of greedy angles. Angles that worked on Jaden Daniels but did not work on Cunningham. Cunningham's a better athlete than Daniels is. That, that kid can really run. Much better. I mean, and, and look, I'm I'm as big a fan of Kalen Deloach as there is. Uh, we'll get to it when we talk about linebackers, but Kalen Deloach just, you know, I talk about football geometry sometimes, uh, just didn't calculate the angle at all. And I can understand that on one play, but after the guy runs through your angle once or twice, you got to start to realize that you can't just, you know, uh, pull the pin and run in a straight line and, and expect to, try to hawk that kid down. It's just not how it's going to work. So, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I think it's pretty clear they're not going to be able to count on this defensive line against some of the offensive lines they face to dominate unless everybody gets back healthy. Like if, if you get Love It back by Clemson, which, I mean, I don't have insider information on this, but, to me, Clemson would be the one you would circle, right? If you can get him back by Wake, that's fantastic. But uh, you need him healthy for the stretch run. This is definitely a better. Uh, you know, this is definitely a better defensive line when, when Lovett's in there. But what they were asking the defensive line to do, given that they were trying to stay in too high, you know, uh, was something the defensive line was not able to do. You know, so we we can say they got bullied, and they did, but like they were not. Some guys have have easy tasks, and some guys have hard tasks in a game. If you think about it, right? Not everybody's going to draw the easy assignment, and they put hard assignments on on this defensive line. They weren't able to live up to that. I thought Cooper did not play a great game. Like he was not able to beat doubles very often, and he got he got moved. Jackson, uh, I've just never been a believer. He did not play very well. I thought Ray and Farmer had. Some good snaps, actually. They're more quickness type guys, you know. And then defensive end wise, like Briggs is not what he was last year pre injury yet. Peyton had to come in for first when he gets hurt. Peyton was okay. Like he, I'm encouraged by Peyton, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're gonna have to do things differently defensively going forward if you if you play a good offensive line, which. We'll talk about this in our next segment, which is our look-ahead opponents, re- reassessing the schedule based on what I watched this weekend. You're not going to be able to do this too high, let the defensive line you know, beat doubles and, and, and dominate up front stuff nearly to the extent you thought you were. LSU, it turns out, is probably one of the worst offensive lines you're going to play on the schedule. Yeah. You're certainly going to need a healthy Fabian Lovett and a healthy Jared yes. Burst to even you know, dream of the idea, but uh, which – I do think Fuller thought that the defense line would have a little bit of a better uh, immediate impact. I think they played better as the game went on. But in the first quarter uh, in particular, that was not, I think, what you thought you were going to get out of that unit at all. So, Yeah, uh, and yet you won the game. Like, you got away with some stuff here. You had some assumptions going into the game that were incorrect. You probably took a little bit too long to get out of some of those assumptions, right? Um you know, one thing that I, I was wrong about going into this, I thought that they were not going to play like mush rush on, on Malik. I thought they were just going to go after him, you know, and let the linebackers clean it up. 
because like that's what verse does best you don't like like verse trying to trying to mush rush keep a guy contained is not really his game he doesn't he's shot out of a cannon 24 mm-hmm. 7 and his, his effort level and his hustle are insane i was a little bit surprised that they they try to play more of that contain rush they don't do that very well like this is not a team under fuller who has done that all that well against mobile quarterbacks so I thought that the playing against Daniels w- would have been okay here. You might give up a couple more explosive rushes, but if you're playing that too high stuff, you should have angles to clean it up anyway. And then maybe you let the linebackers clean it up if, if he escapes, especially if you're going to play, you know, some like one spy stuff. So just me, I, I, I'm not a defensive coordinator, but I, I do expect the defense to look better coached than that, given the level of recruiting you have from some of the guys in the back half of that defensive coaching staff. Uh, Deloach, as you said, had a really difficult task on the night. Yeah. If we're talking about tough assignments, uh, you know, <laughs> putting, chasing number three around all night is as tough as gave you. And he, and he had some nice plays, got, uh, made that one sack, uh, early where they were down in the red zone. That was great to see. Uh, Deloach, a great player. Never doubt the effort from him. Um, Deloach is a good player. Uh, never doubt the effort from him and against, Almost any other quarterback in the country, most of those uh, pursuits are, are tackles. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him make that uh, tackle on the original fourth down uh, play in the last drive of the game, uh, where you could have a game ender there. But uh, you know, you're not gonna not gonna make every tackle. Uh, but like like we said, there are tough assignments, and then there are uh, yeah, you're going to be chasing around one of the more physically gifted quarterbacks in the country tonight. So good luck. No doubt about it. Um, all right, we, we've talked about the DBs quite a bit. Like, Renato Green, I thought, played all right. Uh, maybe even, you know, good. So, he, he's a little better than I thought he was going to be. Cooper played, I think, 10 snaps. So, that's not a lot. They need to get him back if you want to play a, a greater variety of coverages. So, you know. Um, yeah, Cooper wasn't in on more than like one or two series, man. For, from what I saw, like I, I went back and watched it. I, I not a lot. He's clearly not not fully healthy. Uh, you know who had a decent game? A guy who? that a lot of people written off, Brennan Gant. And I'm not saying that bat. he had a, a great performance, but it was good, good effort, some solid special teams play. Uh, I love to see it, man, because that that's a guy that I wasn't sure where his. Uh, contributions are going to come from and he, he's done a good job of working himself and in, back into somewhat of a rotation 100 no i i uh i'm impressed there man i i, I think they were trying to really break mm-hmm. him yeah. changing changing his number like he's a guy i think they thought might have transferred and dude stuck around stuck it out so that was that was solid shout out kevin Knowles for getting the pick yeah chat chat's on about that one for sure yep uh speaking of stick around Matt Thompson and his team's been sticking around for us for seven years now, or whatever it's been. Uh, great to see Matt uh, both at the the bar before the game and and ran into him at the game. Uh, no greater supporter of Florida State athletics or just the experience of being a Florida State athletic supporter. So whether it be Matt, so um, yeah, where we really love talking about currently Charlie Park, but any of the properties for the Table Restaurant Group Township. Etc. Big shout out to my cousin Jason Smith. Not really. I just love making that joke about anybody with the last name Smith because I'm lame. Uh, but Jason's Nolcast listener made his way over to the Charlie Park brunch uh, that we've been bragging about. And if you're making your way down to Tallahassee this weekend for the BC game, would certainly encourage you guys to keep that in the back of your mind. It is exceptional. It is a grazing 
uh, a grazing brunch with everything from oysters to octopus to tuna. Uh, it's just fantastic. Jason went, had a great time, uh, wrote Matt Thompson a, a very kind email. So always appreciate it when uh, any of our listeners can provide support to our sponsors. And it's even better when they interact with them and let them know that they came from the Nolcast. Do want to point out on that brunch, if that's something you're thinking about, uh, or if maybe you just think you're going to go up there and have you know, cocktails and apps on Friday night or something, it's worth making a reservation. That is a, a little bit of a different place than Madso or Township where you're just going to walk in. Not saying that you can't do it, but would highly encourage reservations when you're looking at Charlie Park. 100% agree with man. That is awesome. And we, we love hearing that kind of feedback. We, Guys, we, we do try to take sponsors that we actually use and like. It, it's a consistent thing so that we were not pitching stuff that we just have no interest in in pitching, right? We don't, we don't try. We exclusively do. Just yeah. correct, bud. But <laughs> okay, yeah. fair. Yeah, Igor's like, hey, what about this gambling company? I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> if you win, they kick you out. They don't actually pay, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, we, we, we try to take guys that will actually endorse. All right. Um, let's do a quick look ahead opponents. We are running long today. I'm having fun with this. I, I, I don't know. You got, you got early work tomorrow. Let's, let's let it roll. Uh, three and no, no cast. We can, we can go a little bit longer than we would otherwise. Sounds good. By the way, the Titans are getting rocked. Uh, and I am playing Josh Allen tonight in fantasy. So that means I am also probably getting destroyed. My phone's over there. I'm not looking, not looking at it. Okay. Uh, Boston college lost another offensive lineman. They are actually in worse shape than FSU is on the offensive line, maybe by a lot. They had a 30% success rate running the football against Maine. That's Now, look, guys, Maine is an FCS school. They're a pretty good FCS school. They're still an FCS school. If you ever have a 30% rushing success rate against an FCS school and you don't enter garbage time until, like, ever, they got real problems on offense at BC. I keep these charts with all these depth charts and I, I update them because I want to be informed on cover three. And I think personnel really matters. If you're not paying attention to who's actually playing in the games, you're not going to be able to speak correctly on all the teams you might have to talk about on a national show. They were starting a left tackle. I don't have on my sheet. Okay. <laughs> He's a redshirt freshman walk-on. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Uh, quick recap. Boston College lost four guys off last year's team to the NFL at offensive line. The best guard in the ACC, Christian Mahogany, tore up his knee playing pickup basketball this offseason, so that meant you were 0-5 off that really good BC returning offensive line last year. FSU got to play them when they were pretty banged up last year, and that was a benefit because if BC was at full strength, that, might, that game could have gone differently. Then they also lost a kid named Klein, who was a right guard uh, for them to a season-ending injury. Uh, I believe in ACL in the game before they played Maine. And uh, yeah, this is just, it's bad. This is, this line is, um, remember that one year when you and I just knew that she was screwed when what's his name went down in preseason camp and you're like, Oh God, Willie's first year. You're like, Oh, they may not be able to block anybody, man. Like they just don't have bodies right now. I was going to say, I've I've felt that way for about a three year window, but uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Trapeo is their other lineman. He's still out. I don't know if he's going to be back for FSU, but if he's not, th- this is uh, this is the worst non non FCS line you'll play all year, including what what Louisiana has and including what Georgia Tech has. They, they just don't have guys right now who should be playing. It's all like true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, guys who I just think if you gave that that coaching staff the truth serum, there's no way they think those guys would be playing. 
Um, that's what you're seeing this Saturday. This is absolutely a race to 20 points on Saturday. Like if you told me, hey, FSU's going to score 24 on Saturday, I'm like, what's that show? Deal or no deal? Right? Like if the banker calls Mike Norvell and he's like, hey, man, Mike, I know it's your home opener against an FBS team. You're 3-0. and You're starting Tate Rodemaker. You probably don't have Robert Scott. Just using common sense here. You got Tarantine and, uh, and Darius Washington playing tackles. I'm going to give you 24 points. Mike needs to be like, Deal to deal. Done. Go home. All right. I can feed my family. Whatever people say on that show when they take it, right? If you can get if they can get 24 points, you need to take that all day this week. Uh, Bud Elliott's in good form tonight. I want to give you a credit on your lighting, too. This isn't great for the podcast listeners. I apologize, but it feels almost like you're doing this like in an aquarium or something like that tonight. So that's cool. Good lighting. I want to give you credit for sending me the new Coke bottles, man. Yeah, I, I found I, I was bopping I around the, Atlanta uh, a couple of weeks ago, found some Coke bottles. Bryant. Had to think about my man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got the uh, Georgia Tech, which is awesome. Also got the uh, this is cool. Uh actually do like this one. This is Eddie Robinson, 324. Yeah. So he gets the wins record. I don't think they actually recognized short historical black colleges wins records back then. So instead of being like uh, you know, official, they just put the wins record on there. Mm -hmm. That's actually a hard one to find. Um, I was happy to find that one. Absolutely. I take Liam to the post office for, to go to my PO box and he really likes it. But then we talk about like, Hey, there's two stores. There's a no touch store, which is the antique store right next to there, which I go and just scan to see if they got any new of these. And then we have the touch store, which is the ACE hardware and he can touch stuff in there, whatever. Um, so yeah, too many Clemson bottles. I agree. Uh, I have a, I have one that I need to, uh, swap out actually for that, that I just got it. It's one of the, the old school Penn state ones, but that's where I go. There's a little, little spot in Orlando that uh, I check and they seem to have a pretty good stock. And once in a while you find a new one and once in a while, your podcast partner sends you three nice new ones. So um, Boston college this weekend, we'll, we'll do a deeper dive preview. We actually have a guest lined up guys. They're, they're not, uh, they're not in a good spot. I feel bad for Halfley there. I think he's probably a pretty good coach. They lose their guy who I think is probably an NFL quarterback long-term there. And then this year they lose like, everybody who wears a number in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. So uh, you need your defense to carry you this weekend and shut down this offense. Like you need to hold them to something in the single digits or the teens. Uh, do we know why Fabian Lovett didn't travel with the team? Uh, yeah, guys, like he's a 330-pound guy. Travel cannot be like good on you if you got you know, a boot-related injury. Stay home, get healthy, and get back in time, you know? Yeah. Uh, 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 Adi says, uh, I'd love to have Halfley if they fire him. Uh, I highly doubt it, though. Yes, no doubt. Yeah, like, that's another deal, 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 deal. If that, if that happens, like, look what happened to Ohio State's defense when, when he left. That, that, that guy can coach and he can recruit. Um, Wake Forest had some really concerning stats this weekend. I think there are some problems there. Their fans are actually kind of not happy with their, with Hartman, which is amazing because mm -hmm. I don't really think their offense is that big of a problem, but their run offense is bad. Ingram, check this out. 54% of runs against Liberty went for no gain or negative yardage. That's concerning. I've not, I've not watched all these snaps yet, but that is insane. Uh, they had a success rate of, where are we at here? 
rushing success rate of 18 percent mm-hmm. not great their defense also gave up you know 428 yards to liberty 5.6 to play they have some line issues on both sides of the ball vandy moved the ball on them a little bit you know uh, oh we got george's name right i'm not going to try to pronounce it correctly for the second time i'm just going to i'm going to stick on that again we're going to take your deal yeah exactly we're, we're going to take it stay yep. with the theme absolutely um yeah. uh, yeah. state offensively blows that dude they are worse than they were last year on offense that i don't like their what their offensive does scheme wise i think they kind of hurt devin leary a little bit defensively texas tech has a pretty good offense and they totally shut those guys down they allowed like 13 points you have to go to Raleigh. That D-line is nasty. Both linebackers are back and healthy. Remember, the, both both kids they lost last year. And the secondary looks to be not leaky in any way. You're going to need this defense to get right because that's a game you probably need to find a way to win like 24 to 20. I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to go up to, to NC State and score mid-30s. Maybe you will. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be. That looks like a pretty good defense right now. Clemson had a bunch of guys, like they held a bunch of guys out this weekend. Obviously, Brian Brzee, his you know sister tragically passed with cancer. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, Louisiana Tech had all their players in her team. Very right, classy. Uh, Very yeah. classy. Clemson's getting most of those guys back this weekend, from what I understand. It'll be an interesting test to watch them at Wake. Their offense is not great, but uh, their defense is probably still the best in the country if everybody's healthy, which, yeah. David Hale had some good stats about Clemson uh, today, about sp- – Points scored through three games, went back to 2014. This year's much more in line. In fact, it's a little bit higher uh, than every year but one. I would have loved to seen that parsed out as to like what it looked like through the first three quarters. Clemson put on some offensive performances at the end of the game that I think has stretched yeah. that out a little bit. Um, I still think, look, you get Clemson, you get DJU on a you know six out of ten performance, and you hope to win on the last possession. Uh, I, I you know that's limiting. I'm certainly not thinking you're going to win that game, but the, uh, despite what they've done and despite what some of the stats say, uh, I still think that there's a a recipe there that could see you get them for the first time in a long time. Georgia oh, yeah. Tech, man, uh, just quit watch, watch right? I mean, I watched almost all of that game just almost out of sadistic reasons. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Jeff Collins and had heard some interesting things about that program over the course of the week. Uh, in their last five games, they've lost to Notre Dame 55 to nothing, Georgia 45 to nothing, and Ole Miss 42 to nothing. The only reason they haven't fired him is because of money. And uh, that's an interesting case study in and of itself. Uh, in the early 2000s, Georgia Tech had the highest uh, – assistant coaching salary in the ACC and one of the highest ones in the country. They also had one of the highest paid basketball coaches in the country. I don't know how their financial situation has deteriorated as much as it is in the 15 or 20 years. Uh, But they are, you know, they've got to do everything according to budget. And I think they're just going to have to grin and bear it with Jeff Collins. I I don't think you're going to see, I think that guy's going to get fired the Monday after the Georgia game. And uh, I don't know, maybe they get, you know, I think it might be later than that. His buyout drops on 1-1. One, one. On 1-1? One, one. Wow. Mm, okay. I mean, it's Good. a hard reset. Like, you save $4 million. Yeah, and I just don't know that the – again, uh, like the rumor is on the Scott Frost thing that one of the highest executives in a 
in Berkshire Hathaway, which is based out of Omaha. Maybe this is just rumor BS, but somebody called up the AD, said, don't care what the buyout is, I'll cover it, do it. I don't think that calls being made at Georgia Tech. Uh, they're right. just in a place where they're just going to have to ride, and that's that. That's going to be real tough. So, Agreed. Uh, Miami? I I think we had the read on this. Yeah. Like you I, could, if you watched my if if you watched like every snap of Southern Miss, and you actually watched what they were trying to do. Van Dyke is a pretty good thrower of the football. The offense they had last year did not really require him to read different things. It's a very it's kind of Baylor esque with what they do. It's a cheat code offense in college football. Now they're trying to run a much more pro style offense. He doesn't look comfortable running it. They had, um, you know, Restrepo go out with a foot injury four to six weeks, and the rest of the receivers don't scare anybody right now. The offensive line actually ran the ball decently okay, but that offense is not explosive right now in any way. They play a lot slower. I think the defense is pretty damn good, actually. So, defense is pretty pretty solid. I will say that there's some throws to be made there in that game, and Van Dyke throws them at people's ankles. Uh, I'm yeah. not trying to pile on, and they had six drops too. Yeah, uh, that's true as well. But, uh, who? That's that's a. I mean, I know t- I know there's 107,000 crazy ass Colt members there screaming their heads off, and and A and M's got a decent defense despite trying to suspend and then get their entire secondary ejected in the first quarter. Uh, but uh, that was ugly. And whew, you're in game coaching in that game. Holy, holy crap. Uh, that, That's what that you was, get with Mario. Yeah, it is. It you is. Get a, you get an amazing recruiter, right? You get a guy who's a really good program builder and you get a guy whose game management is routinely terrible and whom under whom offenses have not thrived. We got 11 years of head coaching data on, on Mario Cristobal. He's going to win a whole lot of games because he's going to their development and their recruiting are going to be great. The in-game stuff, the stuff you can win on the margins on Saturday, he's not good, man. Like he makes negative. The thing is, if you just sit down at the table and you're not counting cards, you can play blackjack for a while. You can get some free drinks out of it, right? Maybe you lose a hundred, couple hundred if it's late night and then it's $25 hands or whatever if you just sort of play it by the book. If you do stuff that's like like really negative EV, you're walking away from the table having lost a couple Gs. Those are the coaching decisions in games that Mario Cristobal makes. Really, really bad ones. It hurt his team's chance of winning. Like anytime you can cut a two-score lead to a two-score lead by kicking a field goal, got to do it. <laughs> but they knew what they hired, or they should. He's not a new head coach. He's done, he's done this stuff all the time. Like He's won the Pac-12. He's done a great job there. They, they're going to get a boatload of talent. They're going to recruit their butts off, and they're going to develop the talent well. Yeah. I think that was terrible. deciding to kick a field goal to take a two-score lead to a two-score lead after <laughs> running on third and seven or whatever it was. Like, yes. just, who boy. So, yeah. Anywho. 100%. Syracuse actually beat Purdue and did not look very good in doing so. Like, I didn't, I didn't upgrade Syracuse after this weekend. I'm beginning to not like this matchup for the Knowles quite as much, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see where it goes. I do know that Syracuse's offensive line is extremely thin. They like their starters. The backups are real sketch. So we'll have to see how healthy they are. That game is uh, seven weeks away. Defensive line and defense for Syracuse is a pretty complex move defense. 
And I have real questions about your athleticism on your FSU offensive line and handling that. Like that's going to be a problem, I think, right now. And I got seven weeks to change my mind, but well, I don't like I'm, the way that's matching up right now. I mean, we'll have to determine Scott, but nobody else is coming back from an injury. So right. Lyles and Harris you, are done. You've also so. got seven weeks to only sustain another injury, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, we could we can make our evaluations later on, but I'm concerned that that particular area may be um maybe even more even more of a problem matchup by the time we get there. But you know, burn that bridge when we get there. Louisiana lost to Rice. Uh, they're I love like a shell of their former self. Yeah, I love seeing that. Con- confirmed a lot of speculation, but love seeing it. I think Richardson's hurt for Florida. If you watch that second play in the Kentucky game, mm-hmm. that, that guy dives at his ankle and he comes up limping pretty yep. good. I yep. wonder if they weren't babying him. But you know what? We talked about it all offseason. Their defensive line depth ain't there. They're running out a kid who's 430 look- pounds and looks every bit of it. I still love that. I will say with Richardson, um, and if you're, if you were listening to every episode we did the early part of last year, you will have heard this. And if you didn't, because Florida State lost or started out 0-4, I don't blame you. But it was, I think, the third game that we talked to a guy that had directly talked to Florida State or to Florida staff. And the coach acknowledged that he wanted to start playing Richardson. Richardson was going to be his quarterback. Never ended up doing it because – he couldn't bring him along to a point to where it got there. And I'm not trying to take shots at a kid, but you had a guy who's got a pretty good track record of developing quarterbacks actively try to turn him into QB one last year throughout the course of the season and never felt comfortable doing it. You can, you can make of that what you will. I'm still positive on him long-term, but I'm not positive on him real short-term. If he's healthy, though, like if they get him healthy, which who knows if, if and when they will, or maybe he's not hurt at all. And this is speculation on my part, but he had some real juice against Utah. I mean, that 75-yard touchdown run, he just dusts them. And he's an elite runner if he's healthy. I'm not really sure he's super healthy right now. You know, Here's the other thing. With whatever state he's in, you've almost got to run the hell out of him. I mean, you've, you've got to turn him in right. to a running quarterback. And if he's not healthy, then – I'd good luck trying to figure out whatever, whatever the, you know, adjustment or, or decision process is there. Um, so this weekend, Richardson, 10 of 18 for 112, two picks, um, success rate, 32%, scrambling three for 26. He had six design runs for 28 yards against a terrible USF defense. I don't think Florida's receivers scare anybody. Like Pearsall is not bad, you know. Shorter is just big at this point. Like he's not I'm not saying he's terrible, but he just he looks like Terrell Owens and doesn't actually play anywhere near him. Um, Did you see that? They old have a good dude back forty recently. I don't mean to just constantly no, do it. no. I'll find the video and send it to you. You got forty five year old Terrell Owens running a forty in like four five five, beating a bunch of twenty year olds. It's you just realize that, like, oh my God, genes are genes matter, and that dude's still uh, an absolute beast. That's why I hate these dads of twelve year olds. Like, I got the number one twelve year old in the country. Like, bro, you don't got anything until we figure out who wins the puberty lottery. Mm. All right, well, Either you do or you don't. Uh, we don't talk about anything other than Florida State football and our personal lives and stuff like this. But I'll say, I went and watched my godson's soccer team this weekend. He's playing like ten or twelve year olds. 
and one of his teammate is uh, Roddy Brown's son. Okay, and, see, uh, I'll, I'll buy that. Oh, you can tell the genes are different on that <laughs> yeah. one, dog. I mean, a bunch of kids running around, and then all of a sudden, 23 gets the ball and just dust four kids up the sideline. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is uh, genes matter. And that dude's got a different set of genetics than everybody else on the field. No. Maggie's cousin is a 2025 tight end. Uh, well, receiver, according to his dad. But I saw him at the beach at the family reunion thing, and it was uh, – I was like, how old is this kid? Four, just turned 14, 6'4", 218, was a national finalist in the shot put and uh, starting on varsity at a really good high school in South Carolina as a freshman. So I was like, oh, and he can dunk. I'm like, Okay, first of all, we don't call this tight end or the receiver, right? We probably call this offensive tackle, like some back of the napkin math. Buy a chest freezer. This kid is already huge. You're probably going to gain about a pound a month from here on out if you – just doing the math, you'll go into college about 285, 290. Um, dad played college ball, mom played college volleyball. Both sisters are, are uh, like top end, you know, college volleyball players, very athletic family there. Uh, like, but sometimes you kind of know, but the kids can still stop growing. 12 year olds, I, I have no interest in, in trying to like scout them, but obviously Roddy Brown uh, was fast as hell. And that's, yep. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see. You want to talk a little recruiting? I'm excited or, to talk about recruiting. I'm excited yes. to see how this week plays out. Me too. Wink, wink. Tomorrow uh, but, night, yeah. you guys need to subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel because that is where Blake Nicholson will be committing live, 9.30 Eastern. Why so late? Well, because he's in California. It's only about 6.30 in Manteca, California. Really good athlete. Really good. FSU, Oregon, prime candidates here. I think FSU feels pretty good, you know. Uh, MH's comment. Oh my gosh, sorry, sorry for podcast listeners. That that's a that's an elite comment in, in the chat there. Oh my, all right, keep it together. FSU obviously has not done a great job recruiting linebackers in recent years. They they hit on Deloach, they hit on Bethune in the portal. Uh, if you can get Blake Nicholson to come, and I think there's a pretty good shot you do. Oregon's obviously a you know the other. Uh, uh, they had a real contender there, and they're doing a great job too. It, it, you get to go play for Dan Lanning, who just put five guys in the first round on Georgia's defense last year. That's going to be one to watch, man. Like he's a guy who I think could play early for you in his career here if, if, if he commits to you and if you can get him signed. So we'll be watching there. But very good athlete, two-way player in high school. I, I'm here for it. I, that's That's one of the better linebacker prospects they would have signed in a while. Yep. Yeah, would be a great get. Credit to uh, to the staff in general, but I know you know Derek Ray certainly has a relationship that is pushing in a good position to win that battle. And then we would all turn our eyes to Sunday, and uh, you know I'm interested in hearing a little bit of the post Texas A&M uh, response from Hakeem Williams and what people kind of around that landscape uh, describe it as. But I certainly think that you put yourself in a fantastic position. And uh, I think that you've got a real good chance of going two for two this week. And my Lord, what a statement that would be if you do. Wait, Sunday? I thought it was Friday. Oh, is it Friday? Okay, it probably is Friday. I I thought it was Sunday, but I, I could be wrong on that. I mean, so he is scheduled to come in on CBS HQ on Friday. I, then, I, yes, you're probably going to know if it's on CBS okay, HQ. I mean, it is. <laughs> okay. I'm going to yield to you on that one, bud. All right. Now, if, if, if you have an update, I was like, uh. I'm going to need to send some emails on this <laughs> if, if Ingram is breaking the news on this. 
it, uh, we're, we're we're an hour and 15 minutes into the podcast it's uh, it's late night i'm drinking the sleepy time tea here so a uh, couple couple segments left guys hakeem williams is freaky athletic he is tall he's a basketball guy who um plays football with some physicality to him and some violence to his game. Uh, we we like him a whole lot at 24-7 sports. We have him as the number five receiver in the whole country, the number 26 overall player in the country. Like That is a big, big-time player. I don't think you could have played this any, any differently, honestly, or, or any better. So you go out, you throw the ball to receivers against LSU. Okay? You throw the ball to receivers against Louisville, particularly a big receiver, and you force-feed him over and over again. He breaks the rock for you. If you watch that cool video FSU put out, they got to be telling Hakeem, man, look, if we got a dude, you're getting the rock. We're force-feeding you the ball. In that second half, we threw eight passes or seven passes to to, to, to Wilson, man, to Johnny Wilson. Other teams might not throw you nine passes in three games. Look at Texas A&M, right? I don't think, like, he was in town for that game. A&M's receivers look like crap. They look terrible against App State, too. All right? Miami's receivers, that's the one other competition. Haven't done much so far. Georgia, long-term, I think that's kind of a worry, right? Like, they're an absolute killing machine right now. They just blitz everybody they play. Uh, Pitt, did, they didn't win the game. Their quarterback got knocked out. Even when he didn't get knocked out, they were trying to run the ball a whole lot. Narduzzi has openly criticized the guy who brought them the best offense in the history of the program and won the Belitnikov. Okay. Uh, by the way, Hakeem actually liked that tweet you sent. About I wonder if Hakeem saw them force feeding Johnny Wilson to the tune. Of I seven, missed that. Seven That's catches. awesome. Very cool. I didn't realize that. The, the, the chat is telling me that, that he uh, that he well, liked that. If he did that, that's also cool because he was in College Station at uh, midnight. So that's that's good. That's good. It's a like legitimate that. point you made, though, right? Yeah. Like in your darkest hour, you just said, "Hey, we're going to throw the ball to the huge guy, the the, the big fast dude," and, and it actually worked out pretty well. Don't have to scheme everybody open all the time. Sometimes you just let your athlete get open. Uh, so that was, uh, that's according to Rob Alvarez in the chat. If you didn't like it, uh, then, then find Rob. It's on Rob. Absolutely. On Coming uh, for uh, Rob. on YouTube. I, I did not check the likes on that. I, I, I work for a living. I can't, I can't scour who the, but we appreciate, you know, obviously he's, he's, you know, he's buddies with Omar Graham. He also likes Ron Dugans, man, you know, and Dugans is a guy who has not done a great job recruiting the last couple of years at receiver position. Obviously we don't need to rehash all this, but, Hakeem does seem to like Dugans quite a bit. They were chopping Dude. it up when they were down there at the FIU uh, satellite camp that FSU went down to. Norvell played receiver. He desperately wants to feature more receivers as offense. No. I'll give Dugans credit, and this doesn't matter much in, in recruiting. You either sign the kids or don't, but even some of the guys that have ventured elsewhere, uh, the feedback has been that they've had pretty good relationships with Dugans, uh, actually. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know if it's just a – series of guys that he was able to connect better with. Maybe he had a different approach in recruiting, whatever it is. He seems to have had much more traction with this year's kids than he has in a while. So good for him. Credit to him. Agreed. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball in for this one yet. I just, Hakeem's played it pretty close to the vest. I 
FSU, I think, has done a nice job being competitive in all areas here, right? Showing them the, the, the path to playing time, showing them that they'll feature uh, guys in his offense, Norvell's track record at Memphis as well, probably some comparative recruiting, like please watch these other games that are going on and see that there's all these five stars at AM that are not getting the ball consistently. Guys, I don't know if he's going to commit to FSU or not. I think there's a good chance. I really do. Like, it, I don't think you could have done a better job in this recruitment, to be honest. Like, if you, if you don't get them, you don't get them. But they, the staff deserves a lot of credit for what they did. And they were also for, pretty fortunate, I think, with certain happenings elsewhere yeah. that were out of their control. Complete agreement. I think, think some other staffs opened the door for them and they did a great job of stepping into it. So good. It won't be done, though, I don't think. No, this Friday. is going to go. I mean, look, I, I've it's talked South about Florida this before. Five star. It's a South Florida five-star, and it's South Florida's five-star that Jimbo Fisher has made his own personal project. And I don't know if that means calling them every day or six days a week or whatever, but Jimbo's going to be re- relentless. And as you said, there's going to be other programs, that, particularly one in Athens, that might get involved, and they don't lose too many recruiting battles. So it'd be a great commitment. Got to see this one through. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, let me see here. Memorize that. You want to talk a little prize picks, man? A little prize picks, man. Absolutely. Congratulations. Saw you hit a big one. That's awesome. Um, I did. We, I am, we will be uh, tweeting these out, even the ones that don't involve FSU. I can probably share screen uh, this one, I, I think. Uh, let, me, let me share screen, make sure I'm sharing the right, uh, not slides. Share, share screen, Chrome tab. Here we go. Let's drop that in there. Yeah, that was quality. Uh, so basically I took uh, Louisville's kicker to have more, uh, fantasy points, not cause I thought Louisville was going to win the game, cause I thought FSU would get more re- like some red zone stops and they would force some field goals. Uh, I thought that, uh, Wyoming's quarterback, we, we gave these out on Twitter, by the way, this is not like, you know, after the fact, I thought Wyoming's quarterback, uh, Peasley would do a decent job, uh, against, uh, against air force because he, he ran all over them last year when he was Utah State's backup, he had to come in. I thought the not the number on Ontario, we both agreed on this one. I thought the number on Ontario Wilson was too small, you know, or excuse me, was, was too big. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like, and we love the guys at prize picks, but um, we're not going to tell them what to do. Like we want to set set value for Knowles fans. The, the number on Ontario Wilson was higher than Pittman and Johnny Wilson. I was like, they, I just don't think his yeah. target share is that. They respond. I mean, they're, they, they set the number for a reason, but they're, reactionary because the general public is and sure. uh that was a number that was a little rich i agree um connor basilak is not even a good quarterback but indiana's playing at a very high pace this year they're, they're running like the absolute wide open walt bell offense and he's not a good player but one and a half passing touchdowns i just figured they were going to get 15 or 16 possessions and he actually he did get this on literally like the last possession of the game and then blake shapen i figured after byu's passing performance at uh, or after Baylor's passing performance at BYU, that that might be a struggle, you know. Uh, but they want to kind of get the kinks worked out when they're playing Texas State at home. And Texas State had a corner go down uh, against I forgot who it was, I think it was FIU. And their secondary is bad already, so I figured they better be able to throw all over them. And that that uh, that got there fairly easily, so yeah. Uh, I did it during their little happy hour thing, right? They, they have a little boost Friday. You can always use your promo code NOLCAST. That's promo code NOLCAST to get your 100% deposit match for first-time depositors. Uh, but 
they boost this stuff on, on Friday. Are they doing it every Friday? I don't know that they're going to do it every Friday. I have that inquiry in. I, I will do. say that um, I'd be patient because there, there are little promos that come up, stuff like that, and and we give out a, uh, some suggestions on Saturday morning that are pretty good, uh, absent the one that is right there in front of you. Uh, now, I'm Ingram Smith, win three of four bets on almost every damn thing I've placed this year. you got to so use I'm, the flex play. I've, flex I've, play. I've, I've got to just take the one-and-a-half multiple and keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's my whole card. Every one I look at, I had uh, – Harrison on the weekend over for the fantasy score. Got it. Keon Coleman, Mississippi State over for receiving yards at 45. You got 116. Jordan Mims, 62 rushing yards, got 114. I got victimized by John Rice Plumley. How the hell does that happen? Disappointing. <sighs> Willie's defense allowed him to throw for 340. Yep. I'm going back to that well, by the way. I'm not done with that. Like I'll I'm, go back. I'm going John Rice Plumley under passing stuff all year and i think i'm going to come out ahead if i do it each week well they play georgia tech this weekend so that'll be an interesting number i'm to not see doing it, it there yeah that is that is not uh i had another it. three pick them where this is one that i kind of went out on my own jeff sims less than 19 and a half got 18 got a little got, got closer than i thought it was going to this was one that i loved that i actually emailed bud about jameer gibbs at 83 and a half yards he ran for 36 that number was way too rich they kept the tread off those tires against louisiana monroe yeah, and Treshawn Ward at half a touchdown, and dude ran for north of 100, but didn't get in the end zone. So, tough. Uh, I did hit another one. Um, trying to find it here. Where did I hit it? But if I get an email that our relationship's over because you keep hitting these damn tickets. You, you don't like, you like to hit these 15 extras? Well, let's just be uh, like, gentle. Here's the sponsorship. We're not going to kick butt out <laughs> if you keep promoting us. <laughs> <laughs> no, those guys do a great do, do a great job. They're, they're really responsive, and uh, I'm excited to keep working with them. You know, they're, they're we love they support the Nolcast, and and you guys have been been having a lot of fun on it. I I actually forgot to post them on Friday, and one of our listeners was like, "Hey, are you going to post these up?" So we, we we did post them, and it's uh, no, we'll we'll post them. Bud and I have a great time going back and forth throughout the week trying to build a ticket, and uh, no, the response has been incredible from y'all, and uh, so much so that they're like considering doing like a Nolcast specific square later on in the year or something like Ooh, that. So that. Uh, credit to y'all much appreciated. And uh, they are exactly who we've looked for to gambling or not a gambling, but a, a daily gambling. fantasy sponsor Definitely for a gambling. couple of years. They're going to pay you. It's easy as hell. You can go get in and out in 90 seconds if you want to. So coupon code Nolcast. Thanks for all the support you've given us. Awesome guys. Uh, with that, I think that's, I mean, an hour and a half. That's like an that's like an OG show. This is like man. a Let's, 2013 no cat, yeah, or 2011. Shout out Chuck. Shout just, out Christian. We, we got a lot of people that have been riding us for riding with us for a long time, man. In, in the chat, still hanging out. Yeah, fantastic. Been a, been a fun show. Look forward to many other no casts where you got win column here, loss column zero. Makes it a hell of a lot better. So I'm here for it. All right, it, I'm gonna go get in bed, finish the rest of this nighttime tea, and I'll I'll, I'll put this in I'll put this in the folder. Awesome. All right, y'all. Thanks again for your support. We'll talk to you again later on in the week. Take care, guys.